Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Stolen Droids Podcast. I'm Zoner. I'm Zip. And uh, we have a bit of a mic issue this episode. You may hear it. Uh, you may not, actually. I guess it depends if I can get rid of it in editing. Zoner's using a different mic than normal, and I can hear the fan on his computer. Yeah, it's really weird. I, I don't know what's going on here. Um, I've got it all set properly. Everything looks good. But it, so- it sounds like a cold wind is blowing through your home, actually. Uh, it's it, quite it's, funny. It's an ill wind that is blowing. And I can't seem to get uh, the gain on my mic up high enough, so it's kind of a – maybe that's what the ill wind is signifying. Yes, it, it, an ill wind blows, and now we just <laughs> need to stare off into the distance while everybody looks to see what we're staring at. Exactly. Hey, uh, shout out to our friends, not ill, at trekradio.net, kryptonradio.com, Radio KSCR, Geek Factor Radio, and Stitcher.com. Yes, it's nice to have friends. It is. <laughs> friends are good. Friends help keep us from ill winds. Indeed. Indeed. Unless your friends are the ones who create the ill wind, which sometimes happens after I eat something I shouldn't eat. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was going to say, uh, but I didn't. I didn't. I've been guilty of creating many an ill wind. <laughs> oh, yeah. Speaking of, you can't eat uh, sushi anymore, can you? I can't. Although I did have sushi the other night at a place in uh, Steamboat Springs, Colorado, that instead of using rice, they just like hollowed out a cucumber and threw all the fish and everything in there. It was really good. I was quite surprised. Hmm. And... um yeah, it, it was epic. I need to go to go to my sushi place that I, I frequent – well, I used to frequent here and see if they can do that because I like that. Yeah, that sounds good. Man, I'm hungry now. Yeah. It, I, it's I almost could, midnight and I'm hungry now. I, 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 could go, I could go for a Vegas roll about now. Excellent. Or any hey, roll. Uh, um, Jelly roll. So it's been uh, quite the week in terms of legal tech news, but not really in terms of tech tech. Yeah, it's been it's been kind of cool though. There's been there's been some um interesting stuff. A lot of fallout, if you a, will. A lot of fallout. Yeah, that's that's a good word. That's a good word. Well, should we uh should we jump in on the tech tech stuff so we can spend the better part of the show about all the fallout? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, tech don't, tech. Don't get me riled up too early on, you know, blood pressure and all. This will be a slow burn. Um, <laughs> so one of them is a headline I actually just put in here. I don't know if you'd seen this, and I only saw this by accident. Google Maps. You're trying to drop a pin to give a location to your friend, right? And yeah. that's really easy if you are in most of the most of the civilized world, we'll call it, which sounds a little bit elitist, and you'll understand why it sounds that way here in a moment. But if you're in a major city and you drop a pin, it's going to say, oh, well, it's this address. Right? Yeah. What happens, though, if you don't have addresses? Well, so it turns out they actually built a feature into Google Maps that just recently launched, um, and it was intended for, like, India or places like it where, yeah, there's a house here, and it's on a street, but it's really chaotic how it goes. So how do you actually – do you just give the latitude and longitude? That seems kind of weird, right? So if you try and share that pin now, it actually creates a plus short code. So all you have to do is enter in that short code, and it is stupid short, and it just gives you the location for it. And I I personally found this out. So I'm a scoutmaster um, for my for my local area here. I'm huge into Boy Scouts, love it. And I just took my troop to Goblin Valley. Okay, if you are in Utah and you have never been to Goblin Valley, you owe it to yourself 
to go. And if you don't know what Goblin Valley is, look it up because it is just like God decided to drop drop some acid and then go about creating some part of Utah. And that's what Goblin Valley is. Now, it's this it's is messed up. This is the place where that those scout leaders or something like broke the rocks or something a few years ago, isn't it? And it was like yes. national news. So yeah. yeah, if you've, if you've heard, if Goblin Valley sounds familiar to you and you're not in Utah, that may be why, because some, some scout leaders that weren't affiliated with Zook um, right. were idiots. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, um, my, my standing order to my boys is that if, uh, if you make us, uh, if you get us onto the evening news, I will leave you there for your parents to come pick up. <laughs> that works. That works. Yeah, it, it does. Um, it was also in Galaxy Quest. Um, it's been in a lot of movies. If you see pictures of it, you'll recognize it. It's not a special effect. It is just weird. But the problem is, is that it's really hard to get to because there isn't really any sort of address. And if you're trying to map out a campsite like I was to share with the other leaders so we could all drive down there and not get lost – it can be really difficult. And so I dropped a pin and said, share this address. And all of a sudden, I got this plus code like I'd never seen before. And I kid you not, it was like nine digits long. That was the entire URL. It assigned a brand new code just for that spot. That's cool. This is, this is ingenious. I think we take for granted um, how much Google Maps has helped us over the years and MapQuest before that and TerraServer before that and WebCrawler's map service especially when you consider that not everyone in the world has the same address structure we do. Yeah. You know, there are places in South Africa where your house number is basically the number house that it was built. It's not anything related to a street or coordinates. It's like you live in house number 500. (laughs) That is your address. 500. Right. Um, my, my family's house in Okinawa, um, I always joke about being the Asian one here. Specifically, I'm, I'm Okinawan. And my family's house in Okinawa, it's three digits. It's like 36-12-5. And what that is saying is we are house f- number five in block 12 in sector 36 or whatever. Except when you look at the map of the sectors and the blocks, they're not done by a grid and they're not done in order. Yeah. It's it's crazy. And so this is a really cool way of kind of almost unifying all addresses to be able to be used on Google Maps. That's really cool. You know, Google Maps also did something else this week that I don't know if you noticed or not when you were driving. Uh, I use Google Maps when I travel for work. Um, I like Waze for local stuff, but I use Google Maps because it tells me which lane I need to be in. That's really what it boils down to. And if I'm in L.A. or somewhere uh, where I'm not familiar with it, I want to know I need to be in the seventh lane to the left or else I'm going to miss my exit. Um, anyways, they actually you could change your marker to Mario Kart this last week. I saw that. I uh, did not use it, but I saw that. And I saw people freaking out about it, I should say. It was freaking awesome. It was so cool just sitting there driving along and I look down and I see Mario cruising along. It was awesome. They need to make that a permanent feature. I, I'm trying to think of a joke of what the blue shell would be, and then only realizing that I would not want the actual blue shell in real life. <laughs> oh, that would be awful, wouldn't it? Yeah. Really, any shell. You don't want to get hit by any shell. You know, you drive over a, a banana peel, you go off the cliff like in Billy Madison, but um, that's certain death. 
but the shells, I mean, it's not good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so good on you, Google. Those are some pretty cool features. They are. They really are. That that pin thing, though, that's amazing. I could, I mean, that would have been so handy for me twenty plus years ago, walking around the townships of South Africa. Well, I remember. So there was a girl I liked. It was like two thousand. Okay. Uh, and she invited me up to her birthday party that she and all of her friends were meeting up at her family's cabin up a, up a canyon in another county here in Utah. Okay. Uh, it, the problem is I had never been there before and I used Mapquest, which wasn't always accurate. No, it and was And you not. had to basically print off the instructions because of course we didn't have smartphones. Yeah. And we didn't have GPS that was in everyone's pocket. All I had to do was drive up our interstate I-15, get off on another highway, go into town, and go up the main street because that went right up the canyon, right? I've done the drive a hundred times since. It takes an hour from where I'm at. I missed like two vital steps in that, and I went up Main Street for an entire two counties because it's the same main street from one city to the next. It took me six hours to find the place. Oh, my goodness, dude. And it's just you look back at it now. It's like all the, all we have to do now is just drop a pin. It's amazing how much just maps alone. I mean, don't talk to the French about it. They're still pissed off at Google Maps and whatnot. But Well, I remember in 2002, my wife and I took a trip to Southern California for a week. And we flew into LAX. And we, I kid you not, we had a stack of pages that we had printed up from MapQuest with directions from the airport to the hotel, from the hotel to Disneyland, from, you know, the hotel to the other hotel we were going to stay at, from that hotel to Universal Studios. And I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And if you weren't paying attention, you miss one thing, you're screwed. And we missed a turn somewhere along the line. And we spent the next like hour trying to retrace our steps to get to the point on the map and the instructions where we could figure out where we were. It was the same when you and I used to work together. I did business out in Richmond. And anyone who's from the Richmond area thinks I'm making this up. But, yeah, we were lost because everything is in circles out there and the exit numbers aren't sequential. Yeah, that's Which, rough. I don't know what's wrong with you people out there. <laughs> Seriously. They're, they're sadistic. They are. About the time we started hearing the banjo playing, we knew we were in trouble. Uh, so, uh, moving into Fitbit. We had talked a bit about Fitbit recently, about how they needed to expand their offerings. And rumors were that they were going to start talking about uh, wearables, a new line of smartwatches. Well, they've been announced. Yes. The Versa, which, I'm sorry, did you not know that Nissan made a very small car named the Versa, spelled the exact same way? And does the it, Ace. Does it matter, though? Because it's not like you're wearing a very small car on your wrist. I don't know. It kind of looks like a small car. It's big enough to be a small car. Yeah, you do got a point there. Um, So, I don't know. They're both available for pre-order already, which is kind of cool. Um, it'll be uh, the Verse is the larger one. It'll be starting at $200. Uh, that's one of their cheapest ones now because their Ionic was $300. Yep. And it is a full-on smart watch. Uh, the other one is the Ace. It looks a lot like the Alta and Alta HR, um, which is now kind of a classic Fitbit look. But it's intended more for kids. Yeah, I find that interesting that they're specifically targeting children. Well, you make it sound so sinister when you say it that way. 
Well, you know, anybody else targets kids, and it it is sinister. Yeah. It's looked Um, at that way. The Ace is available for about $100. It will be um, out second quarter of this year, so expected around summertime. I'm not sure how I feel about either of these devices. Well, you know, the Versa does not come with Fitbit Pay. Um, so yeah, you're kind of, kind of screwed there if that's your, your mobile payment of choice. I forget. We've joked so many times. Is there a Fitbit Pay? There is. There yeah, is. that's what I was thinking. I'm like, that seems like such a specific joke. Like maybe he isn't joking because. And, and it will only have f- up to four days of battery life instead of five days with like the Fitbit Ionic does. But the big kicker here is there's no built-in GPS. If I'm going to have a smartwatch, I want built-in GPS. And so that right there immediately would disqualify me from purchasing this. I think the fact that it looks like... I'm sorry. To me, and I fully recognize the fact that I'm a watch snob. It looks like crap. See, I look at it and I think it's very similar to the Apple Watch. But I'm not a fan of the Apple Watch. Uh, From... From the shape standpoint, yes, I see where you're going with that. It looks like a maybe a slightly more ruggedized version of the Apple Watch. From the interface, it looks like a Casio watch. It looks like it should be on a slap bracelet. Like, this should be a $15 thing from some knockoff Swatch store. It looks freaking cheap. And it doesn't look cheap in a way that you can, you know, explain away, well, this is the one I use for running, right? You know, if you look at a Samsung Galaxy Gear Fit versus a Gear S3. The gear fit or the it, it looks like it's meant for sports. It looks like it's cheaper. It doesn't have quite the same bells and whistles or the polish for it because it looks like something that is meant to be worn on your wrist while you're on the treadmill or while you're swimming or while you're t- riding a bike. Okay? The uh, the Garmin smartwatch, same thing. It doesn't turn any heads in the looks department. But it looks ruggedized like you're meant to go sporting with it. This thing just looks cheap to me. <laughs> well, it is only 200 bucks, And having used Fitbit products for a number of years, it probably is cheap. You're probably going to have to get at least one warranty replacement on something on that. I, yeah. know, I know I always have had to with, with my different devices. It just seems to really be too slimmed down of it. And I'm not trying to crap on it too much here because I know I realize I'm sounding very much like an elitist here, but I don't know. It just seems like any other Fitbit offering would be a better value than this thing is. It cuts out too many features that you need from a Fitbit and doesn't give you enough in return. Yeah. I mean, the the built-in GPS from a smartwatch, that, that right there, like I said, it's a deal breaker. Now, interestingly enough, uh, Fitbit has also introduced some new features. Uh, they've got uh, OS 2.0, Fitbit OS 2.0, which is what the device will have. But they also have announced new female health tracking options. Which, can we just call this what it is, and it's reproductive health tracking? It's a period tracker. It, I mean, that's what it is. It, cool, I guess. There's a lot of period tracker apps out there. Sure. And if you have a health app or if you have a system built around health tracking like Fitbit does, then this makes sense. Yeah. And I think that it's interesting that they do this because, I mean, this is this could very well drive their drive their women market. Um, Want to rephrase that? I, I'm, I don't know how to rephrase that. I'm not trying to sound um, 
sound horrible or sexist or anything. I don't know how to say that. This is going to attract women to their product, I think. I think personally, I hate the term female health when it only applies to one aspect of female health. Correct. And color me outraged when I have personally no reason to be outraged. I'm a guy. I don't deal with this. But I look at my wife and when I say, hey, honey, how are you feeling? I'm not specifically talking about her ovaries. She's more than that to me. You know what I'm saying? It yeah. seems like such a weird pandering to say female health is, are you capable of having a kid right now? Because really, that's the only way we view you as worthy. Do you have symptoms like headaches, acne, and cramps? Because Fitbit wants to know. I, but You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. It seems so, I don't know, sexist, for lack of a better term. There's another term. It's just on the tip of my tongue, but I cannot figure out what it is call it what it is here people okay i seriously yeah i you know i think it's smart to introduce this you are a health app i agree get all aspects of health but um yeah you know strangely my samsung health doesn't have that well it's because you're a guy maybe actually maybe it does you might be right because (laughs) well no seriously when i set it up i said what gender I was and certain things appeared and other things disappeared. And that may have been one of them. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. I have no clue. Cause again, I'm, I'm a guy. I generally don't pay attention to stuff like that. And since my wife and I are past the, the childbearing years of our, of our lives, um, I don't pay much attention to that kind of stuff anymore anyways. So I can, I can actually add that. Huh. Interesting. Learn something new every day. I I can I can track my menstruations with my uh, my Samsung phone. You're, um well, you're a man, so track your menstruations. My menstruations. They're a little bit less regular. Um I get just as ornery. I probably get more ornery. Um, I've heard I that overstep- I, I've heard that guys actually have it worse than women in terms of our moodiness. But well, it's just because we're babies. That that's what women have said. So I don't know. Are they biased? Maybe I don't know. Uh, I want to, I want feedback, feedback at soulandroids.com. Women listening out there, all two of you. Um, cause if we're being honest, we're not exceedingly popular with the fairer sex. Um, it does it bother you that, that tech companies market things that way. You know, female health tracking, new and improved. Hey, buy our product. Uh, I really do kind of want to know, or do you just not care? Well, remember, what was it, about a year ago, was it Bic that came out with the pen for ladies? <laughs> Bic for ladies. I mean. Because you didn't know. And Well, now they have Doritos for ladies. Because yes. women don't like to have a crunchy chip very much. I, I, I see that as very pandering and very insulting. And if I was a woman, I would be insulted by that, that I'm not capable of having a crunchy chip or that. I'm not capable of having a pen that writes like a man's pen. Um, uh, I, I do, though, think it's cool that they're adding aspects of female health to to their Fitbit app. I think that's very cool. Every time I think of that uh, stupid Doritos campaign, I get a mental picture in my mind about uh, Kristen Nedipak when we first met her. Drinking whiskey, eating Doritos, playing Skyrim, swearing at the screen. Yep. Yeah. It's like, yeah, nothing really demure about that. No. Um, another thing. So we talked a bit about it, the ACE, and this one's meant for kids. It, and the more I read into this article, it turns out it really is just a rebranded Alta. So good job with the rebadge there. Um, according to Fitbit, quote, 
Ace makes fitness fun for kids while inspiring the entire family to build healthy habits together and help fight decreasing levels of activity in children, end quote. Now, can I, BS. can I say my son actually got a fitness tracker something somehow? I don't, I don't know where it came from, but he, he paid attention to that and he, he knew how many steps he had and he would like rub it in my face because I sit at a desk all day. And he would be like, oh, dad, you're only at, at 4,000 steps. I'm at 12,000 steps. Cool. Good. That, that's very good. But I, I uh, do think that it does give some motivation in some kids, just like it gives motivation in some adults, but not all. Right. And I think that's the key there. So we, like I said, we went down to Goblin Valley and I had my phone on and my, my smartwatch on the entire time. And when all was said and done, I looked at my phone at the end of the day and it said I had done like 29,000 steps. And had uh, climbed the equivalent of 16 flights of stairs. And uh, one of my scouts looked over at me and said, ha, 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 oh, you slacker. And he showed me his. And this was kind of weird, but he had done the equivalent of 29 flights of steps and like 40,000. Sorry, 29 uh, flights of stairs and 40,000 steps. Wow. And I'm like, why are you tracking that? He's like, oh, I have an app that pays me. You know, a couple quarters of a cent per step or whatnot. I'm like, really? Do you make a lot of money from that? Eh, a couple dollars here or there, but I'm doing it anyway, so why not track it? Which, that's good logic. But that same idea that works for him wouldn't work for anyone else. And I, I, I think this is just kind of bogus marketing. It's like, yeah, sure, okay, if someone buys into it and it works for them, great, but... You're not, and, and this is a, a venture beat article. They think they, I think they put it the best. The idea of selling a gadget to kids to get them less dependent on their gadgets is a little backwards. It is. It is. Yep. Yeah. That, um, <laughs> we don't want you to play with the gadgets inside. Go play with the gadgets outside. Right. <laughs> right. Um, AMD, uh, advanced micro devices, though, the, basically the only competitor to Intel, really. The chip um, manufacturer. Yeah. Uh, they've been going on and on about how they don't have Spectre flaws. They don't have Meltdown flaws. Um, unfortunately, everyone else keeps saying, no, no, you do. You do. Um, well, it turns out they have more than they thought. They have found 13 total flaws in all of AMD's chips, including their most recent ones. <laughs> I just dropped a stapler on my foot. Did it, did it staple your foot? It did not. Um, I'm not sure if I should feel thankful about that or think that I have a faulty stapler. Like, I'm, I'm torn here. I'm I, glad it didn't staple my foot. I, I've stapled myself before, and you can feel your heartbeat where you get stapled. So it's probably a good thing. <laughs> I'm not sure how to take that. I, I've had a lot of accidents in my life. Let's just leave it at that. Indeed. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. Um. Yeah. So good job. We're just screwed overall. Um, we knew this goes back to what we'll call the law of Zoner. Okay. When a company says we only have a couple vulnerabilities or only a couple things went wrong, you should just assume they're lying and that everything went wrong. Yeah, that's pretty much. And, and I will say I use AMD chips. So in fact, yeah, right now my computer, I just looked, and it's, it's running an AMD chip. 
So. I used to love AMD. Back in the day, I loved AMD. They were great. And then they weren't. And then they were. And then they weren't. And I've lost ca- I've lost track. I don't know who's good anymore and who's not. Because it changes yep. so much. Um, so this is a very in-depth article, which uh, we will not get into because it deals with a lot more advanced theories on chip design than we frankly know anything about or really have the time to go into needless to say um there's a couple different ones chimera rise and fall fallout um there are all just other code words but they all kind of fall into that same problem like specter um where it just allows malicious apps to run directly on the cpu which is kind of scary when you think about it uh, and it has access to all the information that your CPU sees, which is, of course, all of it. Yeah. So. Yay. Yeah. So, I mean, if you've got um, an AMD chip, I guess just be aware. But they say it could take several months to fix. And the vulnerabilities in the hardware themselves can't be fixed. So mm-hmm. you're probably going to want to upgrade your chip at some point once they start coming out with chips that aren't affected but they're going to have their own set of problems as well because they always do yeah um let's start into the legal drama shall we this one isn't so much a follow-up but it is definitely interesting from a legal and political standpoint qualcomm a u.s chip manufacturer was looking to get bought out by broadcom from Singapore. And the Trump administration, actually specifically Trump, from my understanding of it, blocked it. Said that uh, he would not allow it, that it uh, violated national security by allowing a Chinese manufacturer to build chips for an American company. Now, that being said... Don't they already? And knowing what I know about China, I can understand that logic. Sure. I, I can understand that logic. Here's – okay. So I don't have a horse in this race, okay? I think that the more companies we have, the better things are. But do you know how many – and I'm saying you as in the audience and, frankly, the president. Do you know how many things Broadcom has their chips inside of already? Oh, a few. So you're saying that Broadcom making chips for or buying an American company to make chips is uh, not in the interest of national security. And yet the hardware LAN cables, sorry, uh, ports on nearly every computer has a Broadcom chip controlling it already and has for the past 20 years. But that that has nothing to do with it because that's that's a completely different Internet's thing. Right, right. I, it's like, no, I, I get it. I get what you're saying, and I can't even totally disagree with you. And personally, I think Qualcomm is way too powerful as it is. I think it could be, it could stand to be taken down a notch and be bought by someone else. We've talked in the past about how they have a whole bunch of patents that they just completely abuse in terms of patent laws and, and fees and whatnot. But I, I don't see the big deal. I honestly don't either. I mean, I, I can understand where they're coming from. But like you said, I mean, in your nick with with the Broadcom controllers. That's your network interface card for everyone yes. else. Yeah, your, your network card that plugs into your internets. 
that you, you know, have your emails and your, your gambling and whatever else go through. If they wanted to compromise it, that right there is probably where I would do the compromising because everything is transferred via the internet nowadays. Right. And uh, that is a great way to get what you were, what you're looking for. You want information that isn't transferred? It's just saved on the computer? Well, that's okay because a lot of RAID controllers are built by Broadcom. Yep. I mean, you know, I'm curious here. I'm going to open up my device manager right now while we talk. Um, nope, nope, nope. Um, nope. Okay, there's a Broadcom chip right there. Yep, there's a Broadcom chip. Um, oh, my uh, my human interface uh, device driver, which is the keyboard driver. That's Broadcom. Um, nope, oh, nope. so they could get passwords is what you're oh, saying. Yeah. yeah. Um um, universal serial bus. So pretty much every device plugged into my computer. Yeah, I, I'm not even trying now. You know, it's like, I don't know. It's just pointless. It makes it, me think that really the reason behind this is some money somewhere else. Now, in response to this, Broadcom has said that they're still pledging to relocate manufacturing to the U.S. in an effort to try and make themselves more approachable to other offers in the future. Now, what this means for us is we'll probably have a few more jobs from it, and prices are probably going to go up. Yep, because that's what happens. And I'm looking here. It does not look like I have any Broadcom stuff. Interesting. Now, did you build that computer, or did you buy it? I bought it. It's a, It's an Asus. Yeah, I built mine, so it's interesting. It's very interesting. And yeah. I have an Asus board. Yeah, it does. It does not look like I have any Broadcom stuff. At least not that's being labeled as such in in um, my device manager. It is worth noting, however, that they sell chips uh, that get relabeled. So yeah, so it's it's very possible that I do, but it's not overtly obvious that I do. Uh, your ill wind is blowing really hard. Anyway, you can move that mic or something. I, I, you know, I've tried. I've tried. I don't know what's going on. My my fan is like angry tonight. It's an angry fan. Yes. You know what an angry fan does? It shows up at your house when you're not expecting and harasses you and your wife. It kills you on your doorstep when you answer the door. That's why you get a ring doorbell so that that doesn't happen. Hey, we're not sponsored. We just really love ring doorbells. We do. Um, speaking of Trump, this is fun. Um, so, you know, those stupid, uh, Facebook, uh, profile tests that you can do, you know, what is your lightsaber color? What is your aura? Who are your closest friends? If you and your friends were in a Harry Potter movie, which one are you? You know, who's the Hermione of your group? Yeah. Yeah. The um, things that I really hate and it, that make Facebook unbearable. Well, evidently some people thought they made Facebook great again. <laughs> I like how you did that. Yeah. You may remember one called This Is Your Digital Life. I remember seeing it. Um, it was created by a security researcher who got 270,000 people to log into it and let it get, get access to their Facebook account. He then used that information to create personality profiles, psychological workups of all the people who had signed in for it. But what people didn't know and what he lied to Facebook about was that he then also used the access it gave to get friends of friends information. All in all, he got 50 million users' information and created psychological workups of all of them. Now, when Facebook kind of caught wind of what he was doing, they confronted him about it, and he said, oh, no, this is just for educational purposes. 
Really, though, what he did was he gave all that information over to Cambridge Analytics. Cambridge Analytics was used during the 2016 U.S. presidential campaign, uh, and they gave it all over to Trump's campaign office. Yeah, they, they basically they basically scammed Facebook users into thinking that they were giving legitimate data for whatever, whatever purposes, only to have it turn around and used against them. Yeah. Um, the app compiled things like uh, people's IQ, their gender, their political views, and then divided them into different categories. Militarism, um, like guns and shootings, martial arts, crossbows, knives, violent occultism, uh, drugs, black magic, paganism, intellectual activities, singing and making music, foreign travel, the environment, credulousness, the paranormal, flying saucers, and wholesome interests, camping, gardening, hill walking. What is hill walking? People walking, walking on, on hills. hills? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, Facebook blocked Cambridge Institute from their platform Friday. So only a couple days ago. Um, because it turns out Cambridge Analytics or Analytica, I've kept, I've been saying that wrong the whole time. Analytica, um, lied about deleting the information. They were caught in 2015 and told to delete it. And they said they did. They didn't. And Facebook evidently had more information than they ever said and didn't want to admit to this when the whole uh, Mueller probe came about. Now Facebook is saying that they were scammed. But that's not where it ends. Because a lot of users are saying, well, this was a breach. They now have all of our data. But is it really a breach if you give them that information willingly? It was fraud. It was an abuse of the platform. But I, I know a thing or two about data breaches. It's a data breach not for those original 270,000, but for the other, you know, 49 and a quarter million or three quarter million. Wouldn't it be considered a data breach? Potentially, yes. But the people that gave their information to these people, it's not a data breach. Right. This is real. And we're not, you know, we're not lawyers. But my goodness, this is a real minefield, isn't it? It is. It. This is, and I think that this really goes to show Facebook is not just some site that you log into to see what your grandkids are doing or what your friends are doing or to show pictures of your food. And I would say Instagram is among, is along the same lines of Facebook since Facebook owns them. But really it applies to all social media platforms. So I want everyone, everyone within the sound of our voices to go to their Facebook profile on a PC. It's easier that way. Don't use the mobile app. Don't use the tablet app or anything, but go to it. Uh, go to the little down arrow on the far upper right corner and go down to settings. That'll open up your, well, settings. Uh, and then on the left-hand side, towards the bottom, you'll see one that says apps. And it'll say how many apps are logged into Facebook with your information. And if you expand it out, you're going to be surprised by how many times you have given permission to different apps to see your profile. There is a lot. It is ridiculous how many are there. And I'm I'm looking through this, and I'm not judging people because I've done the same thing. Some of these don't even exist anymore. Yeah. So how would it be – it would not be hard for a company to come and say, um, 
Um, we'll, we'll just make one up here. Okay. Um, quiz mental quiz junkie.com. Okay. And let's say that I had done one of these stupid personality tests a while ago at mental quiz junkie.com. And that's all great and good, but they went out of business a year ago. So some shady Russian or Chinese company has come in and bought all the holdings to mental quiz junkie.com. And they now legally own all that information, including the app plugin, which still has my permission to log into my Facebook account. Yep. So you may want to go through this and um, and remove quite a few of these. I'm doing so right now. I'm not even waiting till we're done. Uh, yeah. I'm looking at some of these going, what was I thinking? I don't even know what these are. Yeah. It's interesting, huh? It's yeah. And a lot of them have the same names. So what's the big deal? So what? So the Trump campaign had access to your information and you know what? So does everyone else. Well, here's the thing. They didn't just have access to your information, which by the way, in itself is a big thing. Um, they also were able to tailor online attack ads specifically for those key five things I mentioned before. This goes way above any kind of SEO work that you'd normally see. This goes, this, I, I don't know quite how to describe it. It's some kind of perverse level of targeting. It's like some, a candidate walking into your home and saying, Hey, look, I know you'd never say it out loud, but I know you hate those black people across the street. Don't worry. So do I. And when I'm elected, I'll get rid of them. Am I am I making it too much there, or did your computer freeze again? Because your no, face is kind of no. Sorry, I, I'm just trying to remove all of these. There's a lot of apps here. Um, no, that's it. This is crazy. This is straight up crazy that they would do this. And and again, it it's it could be argued that okay, well, so what? So they just they they went ahead and they. To targeted ads exactly where it should have been done, and people are just terrible. Well, yes, people are just terrible. But at the same time, is this okay? Are we okay with that? I'm not. And see, I don't think I am either. But you know that if Facebook is doing this, so is Twitter, so is everyone else. I mean, they're all doing it. And... I think that's that's where we really need to start having the conversation because where does it end and what's what's okay, what's not okay? At what point is it too much? At what point have we given them too much information for really nothing in return? Right. What are we getting in return out of this? Nothing. It's, you know, I, I think that that conversation and it's going to start happening more and more where people are having that conversation. And I think that we are going to start seeing that because of stuff like this. But who knows? I, I could be completely wrong in this. Honestly, and here's the really sad thing is people just are probably not going to care. They really won't. They really won't. And this is going to be, you know, face, the headline for this should read, Facebook does something stupid. Uh, people get pissed off. Nothing changes. Because that's that's really about what it is. Mm -hmm. That's really how it is. And what are you going to do? Um, you're going to keep using it. You're not going to stop using the platform. You're not going to stop using um, any of this, really, because it's we're addicts. We're addicted to social media. 
At the very least, people, do exactly what I said. Open up and see which apps are there. At least clear out the old ones. Oh, yeah, for sure. And there's there's a lot there, and I'm looking at them, and I'm, they have very generic names. And you're thinking, what is this? And if you don't know what it is, you should probably get rid of it. Just a thought. Yep. Jib Jab. Man, there's a throwback. I haven't <laughs> visited Jib Jab in years. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. All right. Um, into some other fun, fun news. Let's keep it with the government, though, shall we? Because we don't talk nearly enough government on this right. non-government, non-political show. Mm-hmm. Um, so, surprise, surprise, amazingly, um, another study has come out um, from the Nature Journal Molecular Psychology that states, once and for all, <laughs> uh, that violent video games do not turn people into violent rage monsters. Which is something that we've talked about. It may, it may not, but probably not. So, I mean, just more evidence, I guess, that that this is what it is. But yeah, I, I find it, I find it interesting that um, people really want, they want a boogeyman. They want to be able to blame stuff on something, mm-hmm. and. Video games are a convenient target, just like comic books were a convenient target in the 1950s. Uh, do yourself a favor and, and learn about a book called Seduction of the Innocent. Um, it's it's a, it's an interesting time in comic book history. It really wasn't a very good Batman comic, you know. I didn't care for that that storyline. Uh, well, you know, Robin and yeah, it got a little dark. But no, seriously, Frederick Wortham is, is the guy who wrote the book. He was a psychologist, and his whole argument was that comic books cause problems in society. And he, he lied about his data. I mean, everything was skewed. It, it was not scientific at all. But um, he had an agenda, and you know, comic books were the boogeyman. Rock and roll music was the boogeyman. I mean, every, every generation has its boogeyman. So, you know, video games have been the boogeyman for the last 30 years. I, I remember as a kid, people saying, oh, well, you play Contra. That's got people shooting aliens. You're going to go and you're going to kill people. I never killed anybody. It went from rotting to your brain to making you a sociopath. It's amazing. Yeah, it really did. Now, that's not to say that everybody who plays ultraviolent video games isn't going to be affected in some way. But it doesn't necessarily mean that everybody is going to become a sociopath. Right, right. Um, now, this is kind of interesting here. Uh, remember when we talked about Strava and their app uh, for fitness tracking? Yeah, that was a fun conversation. We spent like an hour after the show looking at stuff, trying to figure out what was what. Yeah, so if you are not uh, familiar with it, Strava is an app that's based upon uh, tracking your workouts, right? And they created a heat map of the entire world of everyone logged into the Strava app on where they were doing their workouts, which in itself sounds kind of weird, kind of creepy. Why would you release that? And then it turned really freaky when you realize that people who didn't realize they were being tracked, like Zoner, because he had uninstalled the app. I don't even have the app. Was is- still being tracked. 
yeah. including like like you could see where Zoner was working out in his neighborhood and him walking in and out of his home and around his home and all the way into his bedroom. Yeah, it was messed up. Uh, it became especially crazy when people realized they could see CIA black ops sites and military bases. And what the crap was that perfect circle we found out in the Utah desert on that heat map? Yeah, that was weird. That was really weird. Okay, well, um, evidently, uh, Strava said, yeah, we weren't really supposed to show any of that stuff. So um, you can't see it anymore. Which is probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's probably a good thing that they've changed their policy on what they show to who. I don't know. I mean, okay, so this is a complete tangent. It sounds like it has nothing to do with this, I realize, but bear with me. There was a survey that was given to middle school students in some county back in the Midwest, okay? For years and years and years, they gave this survey out to all the kids to see kind of where kids were when they were going into high school, leaving middle school, going into high school. And year after year after year, they'd compile the results and just kind of get a snapshot on the state of things with the kids. Um, over the course of three years, however, they found an increasing uh, trend upwards in the amount of kids being sexually active at age 12. Like 12-year-olds having sex. And they really didn't like that. They really didn't like that. So you know what they did? They stopped asking that question. Because if you don't have the data, then you don't know what's happening. So right. it's not happening. Problem solved. Hey, look at that. No longer an issue. That right there is some sound logic. <laughs> I feel like this is the same thing. <laughs> not, it isn't, <laughs> hey, we're going to stop tracking everything and compiling it into a heat map. No, we're just simply going to be more specific on who can see the heat map. Yep. No, that's that's the wrong problem, people. That's that completely the wrong issue. <laughs> That's not, that that isn't the issue at all. In fact, how about the issue? The fact is, uh, the issue at hand is that people who didn't know they were being tracked, people who didn't even have your app, people who you had no right to track, are having all of their motions permanently recorded into some cloud system. It, I, maybe that's the issue at hand. Just saying. Yeah, that's yeah. That that is a yeah. <laughs> what do you? I mean, what do you say to that? It's like I had the app installed for like 12 minutes on my phone years ago and I uninstalled it yet. There's somebody been walking around my house. It's got the Strava app and I know my kids don't use it. I well, know not my just wife that. doesn't Haven't use it. Haven't you changed phones since then? I have, which makes me really wonder what's up. Right. Quite, quite uncomfortable. Quite uncomfortable with that discovery there. I'm still deleting Facebook apps. Yeah, I just I just nuked a ton of them. I and I go through every few months and try and clean it up. So I have like twelve, all just named sweepstakes. Yep. What does that say about me? That says that you like free stuff. Is I love says. free stuff. That's why I got into tech in the first place. For free stuff. Free stuff. Well, okay. tr true story. You know, as a little kid. You know, growing up in lower middle class, we couldn't afford any of the really cool high-tech stuff. I discovered that with only a little bit of research and a little bit of elbow grease, I could make tech do whatever I wanted and get the really high-tech cool gadgets that everyone else is paying big money for. I had a media center as early as 1999. I was time-shifting live TV that early. 
when everyone else is paying big money for it. That right there is wizardry is what that is. I'm just saying that's exactly why I went into uh, into technologies for free stuff. Hey, and it works, you know, and back in the day, it was easy to get free stuff. Not so much, not so much anymore. Nope. Not without risk of getting your internet shut off. Well, and, and now I'm just evidently hacked all the time. Thanks, Zoner. Um, <laughs> yeah. Where are we going from here? Let's deal with, uh, let's deal with conspiracy theories, shall we? Okay. Oh, man. So YouTube Kids. Uh, warning, this is a Business Insider article, which means there's probably an autoplay somewhere here yeah okay so youtube kids is an app that is supposed to only show things that are kid appropriate now yes. we've had this discussion before about how youtube seems to screw this up all the time you remember when schmitty and i were talking about why um episodes of sesame street on youtube would have like dosakis ads before them yeah i mean you get that commercial for jaegermeister because you yeah. know that's what every six-year-old is interested in yeah it's like what? Huh? Okay, sure, whatever. Well, evidently, some conspiracy videos, some conspiracy theory videos made their way onto YouTube Kids, and they were being promoted. It was suggesting the kids watch things about why UFOs were actually um, responsible for school shootings, and, like, what the heck? I mean, 9-11 conspiracy theories, I mean... There's there's a lot of stuff there. Um, my favorite is uh, the the videos about how the world is ruled by reptile human hybrids. Mm-hmm. And then there's the moon landing video hoaxes, of course, and and yeah, they they removed at least twenty five videos from the kids app after the, they were contacted, and they they actually blocked some dude's channel on the app, which I find very interesting. <laughs> Listeners to our show know I love good conspiracy theories. I I will do conspiracy theories all day long. But there's still a lot of videos out there about pedophilia and all sorts of other things that are highly inappropriate for children. And despite numerous complaints, YouTube has yet to take those down. So what's the conspiracy theory here? Is a conspiracy theory that, that YouTube is censoring people? Or is it that they're trying to promote an agenda of pedophilia? Because we could talk about that one all day. What the hell is Panda Cat, and why is it linked to my Facebook? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Couldn't tell you. Yahoo. Yeah, that can go. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But yeah, it's it's interesting here that YouTube YouTube is very interesting in that it is very selective in what it will and will not allow. Yes. And they are totally within their right to do so. However, some of their questions or, or some of their choices a little bit questionable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that is the best way to put it, too. So, well, and that's where we'll leave it there. Um, moving on, let's see here. The FBI uh, has found that um, Phantom, Phantom Security, uh, who makes hardened BlackBerry phones, They've been selling them to drug cartels. I Are you really surprised by this? It's just another sign that BlackBerry just shouldn't be used. Yeah, I mean, Phantom Secure CEO was, was busted. And there were indictments and there were assets seized. And yeah, it's not looking good for this guy. 
it's not looking good for this guy. Uh, there's currently about 20,000 phantom phones being used around the world, about half of which are in Australia. Um, so there's tens of million dollars in revenue. But of course, now that indictments are in and assets are being seized, that could change. So, yeah, this this is going to be an interesting one to watch and see what ends up happening here. Yep. So, but here's the question. Did they know that the phones were being used for drug trafficking? Because if not, was really any laws broken? You could go bust cricket because they sell burner phones to drug dealers. If that's the logic you're going to play. So I don't know if if they straight up said, oh, yeah, we knew these were being used for drug trafficking. But it's hard to say right now. Um, evidently, they set up stings. And, and the only information we have is the public are heavily redacted documents from the FBI. Um, I, I, who knows? The truth will probably be sh- the truth will eventually come out. And if he is guilty, we'll know. And if he isn't guilty, well, he'll have a book like John DeLorean and, you know. Yeah, it'll yeah. it'll be interesting to see what what ultimately ends up happening here. Yep. Um, and another bit of weird uh, government overreach or potential government overreach. Um, the TSA has been asking to search laptops and cell phones of people traveling through U.S. airports. Now, I remember back in the day when I used to travel a lot more for work, and I'd have to carry multiple computers, and it was a real pain. Uh, I this is a while back, so I'm carrying a pager. I'm carrying a Palm Pilot, I'm um, carrying a Palm Trio, and my personal cell phone, plus my laptop and a hardened, secure company laptop, all through airport security. Each one had to be in its own separate bin, and I had to open up and turn on each of the laptops just to prove they were working laptops. I was that guy, okay? (laughs) I was that guy who was taking forever in security, and it wasn't my fault, and it sucked more for me than it did for you, I guarantee. Oh, yeah. That sucks. Uh, I hate going through security. But at least it was consistent. Here, they seem to be randomly saying, I need to look through your phone. That's that's crossing some lines, especially and, and, when it doesn't seem to be consistent in the slightest. And so what are they trying to do? Just look and make sure that the phone is is actually a phone? Or are they... Are they looking for data? What's what's their objective in this? Hard to say, especially because the TSA spokesperson, Matt Leas, has said, quote, TSA does not search the contents of electronic devices, end quote. Well, when we know that to they be do. false. Now, we don't have full numbers in, but there have been, I mean, you just have to search for creepy TSA stories of guys saying, I need to inspect your phone to a girl, inspecting her phone and then an hour later she's getting a friend request from the guy or a text saying hey i think we should hang out yeah that's a little bit unnerving it's incredibly unnerving and what are you supposed to do if you say no you're immediately going to get searched and pulled out of line you're going to be held in an airport detention area for a little while so the aclu has sued uh currently the tsa is uh, admit is uh, alleging that this is all made up none of it's real but I don't know. I hate the TSA. I don't really think they do anything for us. That's a whole other topic, a whole other story. They prevent me from bringing Nando's hot sauce back into the country on a flight because it's 125 milliliters instead of 100 milliliters. It's all just um, it's all just security theater. 
It is. It, it really is. It's a, it's, it's kabuki theater is what it is. Yep. Um, this is, makes me happy. An Equifax exec has been charged with insider trading, you know, kind of exactly like we said should happen. Yep. And that makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't even have words for this. Yep. But yeah, you, you might remember that there were some execs at Equifax who, as soon as they found out about the data breach, dumped a bunch of stock. And then proceeded to hold on to that information for a while. Uh, and then, what, six months later, three months later, it came out that they were hacked. Yep. So. Uh, and our final headline is that the European Union wants to filter all code that is ever uploaded to the web. Good luck with that, you morons. Uh, yeah, they're, they're doing it to try and curb piracy. Uh, hoping to check everything for copyright violations. Which, I mean... That's a, that's an absolute nightmare to even try. So I, I don't know that it would happen, but it really just goes to show how governments are really trying to censor what is and is not available on the Internet. You know, what's really funny is that the EU is really big on privacy laws. And yet they think it's OK to scour through all the code that one person ever uploads and track track yeah. that person that way. I'm like, I don't I don't think you know how this works. Nope, you can't have it both ways. Yep. Um, into our favorites. Mine is kind of an interesting one. I've never seen this channel before, actually. Um, it's on YouTube, and it's just kind of one of those things that I click the next suggested, the next suggested, the autoplay, and I ended up here with E.C. Henry. Now that I say the name out loud, I wonder if maybe I've seen some of his videos before, but he talks about how The Last Jedi, Star Wars The Last Jedi, solves space combat in the Star Wars saga. Now, whether or not they intended to, it looks very intentional. They include key scenes and key dialogue, and it's uh, it's a four-and-a-half-minute video. It's really worth checking out about how it fixes all the little inconsistencies throughout all of the Star Wars combat scenes, throughout all the prequels and all the original trilogy and all the animated series, all of it. For instance, why do these huge, large capital ships engage each other at, like, close point-blank, point-break range, blank, whatever, <laughs> Point Look, break. That surfing movie, you know. You know, it's almost 1 a.m. here, okay? And it makes absolutely no sense because capital ships should not engage each other so closely. Ah, unless, of course, blasters only have a certain effective range. And if you were to keep barely outside of that effective range, then the blasters don't actually do anything. You know, kind of like the Radic in The Last Jedi. If they can just keep outside of that effective bubble, then... Nothing happens versus fighters. Fighters can pass through that shield, which you see when Kylo Ren's ship actually, you actually see blaster fire diffuse on the shields of the Radic right as Kylo Ren's fighter flies underneath that blaster splash right into the shield bubble. They talk about effective range. They talk about uh, a defense grid. They talk about the use of fighters and speed of why it's important to accelerate to attack speed. It's really kind of interesting how it talks about all that. And if you're a Star Wars fan, it's worth checking out. So all the sciencey stuff. Right. So cool, cool. Uh, the Avengers, uh, Infinity War dropped another trailer, uh, yesterday. I think it was two days ago. I don't remember. I've been out of town for a while. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a sweet, sweet trailer. We get a lot of stuff about Thanos. We get a lot of, information kind of what's going on why he's looking for the for the infinity stones things like that 
this is going to be a big deal movie. I am very excited for it. And this trailer just helps build the hype. So if you haven't seen it yet, check it out. Yep. All right. Well, that is our show this week. Again, uh, shout out to all of our friends. Shout out to our friends on Patreon. Give us some feedback. Feedback at StolenDroids.com or give us a call at 801-917-GEEK. Follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. We do not have an app for you to give your login credentials to on Facebook because we love you. But, but you can time, email them to us. Yeah, if you really want to, but not to Zoner, you know what'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. Cheers. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.